Hi, and welcome to the Online Performance Podcast, the podcast that aims to help you elevate your online earnings. My name is Jason Mills, and I am joined today by the co-founder of Linkify, a Harrow and Reactive PR company. He's also a digital entrepreneur and an all-round good guy. His name is Chris Pantelli, and I'm pleased to have him here today. Chris, it's great to have you. What an intro. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, it's uh, awesome to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, really good to have you here. Um, You're actually back in the UK at the moment, aren't you? So you're not too far away. Time zones are the same. Yeah, it's it's nice to have been back on uh, more normal time zones. Southeast Asia is quite difficult. But yeah, I'm back on Tuesday. To Thailand. Okay, okay, that'll be interesting. Okay, well, we're, yeah. we're going to have a chat about that. We're going to, in this podcast today, we're going to talk. Uh, it's not necessarily the the kind of standard. We're not going to necessarily talk about link building and stuff like that too much. We, d- we will talk about your agency, Linkify, but I really mm-hmm. want to dig into kind of you as a person, as a human being, what has kind of driven you to the point where you are now. You've had a, a very good level of success with with Linkify. So I really want to kind of dig in into that. Uh, and, and and we'll go into that in, a, in a, a short while. But I like to start each podcast with the same question. And that question is, what is online success? So in other words, mm. for you personally, what do you see online success as being? That's a difficult one, because um, I think it depends what your objective is. Um, if you're in a, in a nine to five that you enjoy, um, and you love the people that you work with, you like going into the office, you like leaving your job at home, uh, you like leaving your work um, at work, sorry, when you come home, um, and you can start an online business which just takes a few hours each night or on the weekend and can give you an extra few thousand um, per month, then that's a massive success for that person and that's their situation. Uh, if you're somebody who wants like a job replacement income, um, then that's a you know a much a much harder objective to achieve. But once you get there, um, I think for me, uh, there is no uh, finish line. Like I've, I've we've tasted success, and now I just want to. I can't switch off from it. I just want to explore every avenue. Me and you were chatting about something the other day, and I was already straight onto it, trying to find out like where the nooks and crannies in that little strategy were. And it's for me, it's just the online world is just fascinating i come from a, a, a physical business background so i had a fish and chip restaurant for like 15 years and um and the size of your market is limited by by your radius there's yeah. only so many people you can attract that the internet is the world and there is so much money to be made in so many different ways via so many passions or interests it's just it, it boggles the mind there's already so many things I want to dig into in terms of what you gave <laughs> as an answer there. So we're going to come to those through through this podcast. And I like the fact that you answered the question, not just from your own personal point of view, but also from the point of view that everyone is going to have a slightly different definition of what success mm. online is is to them. So mm-hmm. you just mentioned the fish and chip restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk me through your, your kind of background then. So maybe from kind of university, university days to where mm. you are now, just talk me through a little bit of that timeline. Well, I, I always, I grew up with like fish and chips in the blood, literally. It's a family <laughs> business being half Cypriot. It's what I think like all uh, Greek Cypriots do. They have fish and chip shops. So my family's had that family business for a long time. I always wanted to have my own business. I did, um, I didn't really know what to do at uni. So I did economics. Uh, Liverpool had a great time there. Um, still didn't really know what to do when I came out. So sort of thought, I could go into the fish and chip shop business um, and then eventually took a shop over on my own. 
Um, and it was good in the first few years, like food prices were steady-ish. Um, it was, uh, we, we took the trade up quite high and it was good fun. But like I said, it was just, it was so limiting in the the scope of like being able to expand at one point i did look to maybe like invest in a in a second shop but i could just see that the industry was on a on a decline in terms of like profitability margins uh it's it's razor thin margins so much cost involved um and i got exposed to the online world via like you know the crazy blog income reports that you see and uh, i've always been one of those people where if i see somebody else doing it and it seems trustworthy i just think if how have they done it and i must be able to do that like it, and there's many people out there you know achieving you know crazy money online yeah. um and it's not rocket science you know I, and i had a reasonable reasonably good educational background so um I started a blog uh, about four years ago, I think, or maybe five years ago now, just before the pandemic, uh, finance blog, you know, dipping my toes in the water. That sort of took off. Um, we got, I got up to like $1,000 a month, which for me was awesome. Um, I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about the same sort of time. So um, I had to like manage this new uh, condition and I was on my feet a lot, which meant I was constantly having to check my blood sugars and give myself insulin and uh i just thought like if i could get out of that business and get into the online world then it would it would benefit my my diabetes and it would also um give me the potential to earn maybe a lot more money and, and that's the time that i met my now business partner um I i'd done some link building myself with um harrow like pr requests and built some like really really good links for my site um, I wanted to do some guest posting. I wanted to outsource it. So I, I found this guy who did some, uh, who I outsourced the guest post link building for. Um, and then he looked at my site's backlink profile and said, well, you've got these like awesome links. Where did you get these from? And I was like, oh, I'm just answering like PR requests on Harrow and stuff. And he was like, oh, I've got some, um, some clients that, uh, you know, are looking for, you know, top tier links outside of guest posting. Could you do some of that link building for my clients? And I, I did, and we noticed there was a de demand for that, and then that's where Linkify grew from. Fantastic! I think it's really interesting. So, how how did that um, partnership? How did that? How did it start? Like, you, yeah. you, you, how did you meet? How did that go from like the initial meeting to discussing? Okay, we're going to set up as a partnership. I imagine there was a, a fair amount of time between that initial meeting to the point of partnership, or was it really fast? We didn't. We met uh, twelve months after being uh, a registered company as Linkify. That was the first time we met in person. Um, it was really organic and it was really fast. Looking back, I mean, we're only two and a half years old now, um, I think. And yeah, it basically just started with um, taking a handful of his clients for uh, doing um, the Harrow. Uh, noticing that we could like deliver fantastic results and um that there was a demand for it um then we we took more clients and i and i was doing all the pitching on my own at that point and whilst trying to work and run a fish and chip shop 50 hours a week so wow you know you could imagine i was working <laughs> like many many hours per day i was doing that in the evening the, like the late late evening and running the shop the day to the you know 10 10 o'clock at night um at that point then that's when we thought like this could become something where you know like i need to leave the shop and focus full time so that's when mm. we started looking into 
uh, influencer marketing, um, meeting people within the space that we wanted to meet our target audience. Um, and that that's just worked wonders for us because basically what we did was we said, look, we've got this great thing that we can do. We'll do it you for free. If you like what you see, then would you promote us? And that just that just worked. And then it kind of exploded from there. That's really fascinating. Yeah. And I think so many people that go into this space have that crossover time where they, they're work, still working a full-time job or in your case, it was your own business, but then starting this other stuff. So just describe to me a little bit what that grind was like. Like you just said you were working 50 hour weeks already. Mm. That's probably something that people can resonate with that are still in a position where they have not quite made that jump yet into doing this full time. What did that actually feel like on a kind of day to day basis? And is that something that was only sustainable for a certain period of time? How long was it? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it, it was a, it's difficult. I think everybody's individual circumstances are gonna, are gonna be what is the sort of prevailing factor on, on how you can cope yeah. with the situation that you're in. For, for me at that time, I, I remember being sort of in a, in a transitional period thinking, I'm really scared to sort of let this physical business go. That's, that's even though the income's not been great it's probably been declining for a few years i couldn't see a great future for it but at least it was somewhat stable and um you know i had employment even though i was self-employed i you know i had a means of of earning income yeah. which was tried and tested on the other hand you know closing up for the night and then going to hit the computer and start doing some harrow requests and seeing like new clients wanting to buy the service and stuff that was super super exciting and it it was it gave me the ability to do those hours and put that work in because it was fun and it was a thrill the the, the hard part was making the decision when when can i sort of let this one go yeah. knowing that this one's going to be enough to but i was in a position where you know at this time i wasn't married no children um, and I just had the diabetes to think about, which, you know, I had some savings. So for me, it was, I, I could take that leap with not much, uh, like yeah. resting on it. Yeah. But it was, without it being was too a, personal, was there, was there much kind of pressure family wise? Because like you said, it's kind of in the blood. It's this business that you a lot of your family have been involved mm. in for a long time. Was there kind of any pressure there? Cause I think that's something that people also face this idea that, you know, older generations don't necessarily understand someone that can go and make a living by mm. themselves online. You know, I mm. think that's something a lot of people face. Is that something you felt or was, was that not necessarily a factor for you? I, I, th I think that probably could have been a factor, but the pandemic was the catalyst where everybody in that trade, you know, we had to stay open uh, because we were food and yet, Nobody was coming in because there was a pan yeah. pandemic happening outside. So that just kind of told everybody in the industry, like this is a, da a dangerous industry to to be in. And yeah, I had full support from all of my family. Like, um, fantastic. Also, yeah. as well, there's there's no freedom in in that. Um, you've got to have such a passion, I think, for for re restauranteering, food, physical lo location business like that. Like you're on your feet all day in one one space. And it's, there's just, there's no freedom. And I wanted to have a taste of freedom as well out, you know, alongside what I was going to do uh, for a living. 
Okay, so so during that period, then you talked about the pandemic. Because I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, snooping and doing some digging for prep for this podcast. Yeah. You started a few uh, what looked to me like SaaS projects, kind of 2021, 2022. Uh, were they successful, or was that kind of pro- were they projects that maybe didn't quite take off, for whatever reason? We we had a couple of when me and my business partner met, we were doing the 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 link client link building work for. Uh, like his spillover clients with the Harrow, and at that time we tried a couple of things. So we want we were we were interested in starting um, a SaaS newsletter, which didn't work out. Uh, hard industry to crack that one, and we didn't have a clear mm-hmm. offer. It was just a sort of a, a test site. Tried to get some signups, um, and uh, we also continued with the personal finance website. Um, so we had some ideas on stuff that something that we wanted to do get to do together. Uh, but, but what was, what was good for us is it, it was like told to us via this demand for this service that we gave the results that we given that that we delivered and then the referrals that came from that. So as, as this sort of grew organically, it was like, okay, this is the thing that's, that's working right now and could potentially work for, you know, sometime into the future. So that's when we put everything to one side and went full throttle. Yeah, because that's kind of my next question is what was the differentiator for for Linkify? Because obviously you've had a lot of success with with Linkify and I'm sure you'll continue to do so because I really rate the service, you know that. So what what is the what was the difference? Why was that so successful? Is it because you had this kind of solid offer that met a, a solid need that people have or was it something else? Um, yeah, I think we, we focused on being ultra premium so there's other services that do what we do i I think i had a quite a natural uh talent at um responding to journalists in a like in in a in a way that linguistically sort of caught their attention so Mm -hmm. when we trained all of our writers that was like uh embedded into the training so i think there's a skill to that which for whatever reason i was like quite good at and um, found a way to resonate with the journalists and get them to like what we what I'd said either for me or you know on behalf of the client as the client. Um, so I think yeah, being being good at, at answering journalist requests was was the first thing. Um, and then me and my business partner seem to have like quite complementary skills on building out. He's the system builder, and I'm the like the tinkerer. Like I'll spot one journalist that's done something on one article, and I'll go, "Oh, they uh, they don't link on that article." But if you email the sub editor at this publication, maybe they'll add a link. So we've got some really good systems to get unlinked mentions turned into links. So we've got a really good success rate, um, and uh, we positioned ourselves as ultra premium. So um, we really want to deliver great, great links. Like we don't take any shortcuts. We don't, you know, we just do editorially earned backlinks via answering journalist requests. And on top of that, we built an entire database of top tier publications because even on Harrow or Connectively or Quoted or, or whatever system you're using, there's still junk garbage uh, requests coming in from garbage sites, uh, scam, even scams, you know, people, yeah. they'll do a request and then you'll respond and you'll get a reply going, oh, I've, I'm full of quotes for this particular story, but if you give me a link to x site i'll include a link on and it's just three-way you know scam crap that you've got to avoid so our database automatically blacklists the sites that we know are garbage 
Um, we know the the sites that are going to do follow, no follow. We know the sites that will always no follow, but if you email the journalist, then they'll add a do follow link. We know the sites that if they don't link and you email this editor, then they'll add the link. So I think all of these systems and processes has given us the ability to deliver like a really nice end result when someone buys a package from us. Absolutely. And you say us, so obviously you and your partner, I know you're talking about the business there, but you've, you, you, you entered this as a partnership. How has that been? Has that, have there been challenges with, you just said there, you started the business as a partnership and you hadn't physically really met. So I'm sure yeah. that posed its own challenges, but do you think going into this business as a partnership, was that an advantage and were there any pitfalls to doing it? For me, honestly, Jason, it's been like, it's been perfect. My business partner, Nick, is an awesome guy. I've met him multiple times now. You know, we go to a lot of conferences together. I don't know if we've just been lucky. I'm sure some partnerships are, are terrible. <laughs> I'm sure some like founders and entrepreneurs will say they'd never do a partnership. Some say always do a partnership. I don't know. I've been really lucky. He He's like... Uh, I, I overthink stuff a lot. I get really like wiry about things and he calms me down. But uh, that as a disadvantage to me can be an advantage when I'm like tinkering and emailing and, and stuff comes from that. He's organized and creates like great systems and like brings me into focus. And then also just that like um, that uh, ability to talk to someone who is the only other person that knows exactly what you're going through because nobody else knows what it's like for us. Like we're a team of like 17 people now from like just me and him in the space of like a year and a half. It's been crazy. So if there's someone I need to speak to and say like, man, this is fucking crazy. Like he's the person that knows exactly what I'm going through. I know what he's going through. So for me, it's been perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, you, you kind of complement each other, I suppose, yeah. and kind of counteract each other's downfalls. Yeah, that, that's that's really fascinating. I think yeah, I think you, there probably is something to be said for that. You you probably have been quite lucky in the fact that that did just work. But yeah. there's obviously a reason to it as well. So I want to just come away from Linkify for a little bit. Then I want to focus on you individually a little bit more. Um, would you say that you've always been an entrepreneur at heart? Uh, I've always had that, that entrepreneurial, um, like, uh, passion. I, I, I hate to see people succeeding where I don't understand. I, I, sorry. If I see someone succeeding in something, which I think is awesome, I want to know, I hate the fact that I've haven't done that and I want to know how they've done it. And then I think there's no reason why I can't do it. You see these like young guys out in Dubai flipping properties and stuff. And I think that's awesome. You know, like 24 year old guy who's out in Dubai flipping properties. He's, he's gone up. the. And I just think that's awesome. How's he done that? I want to know how to do it. And I tested the waters with loads of stuff online as well, specifically day trading. I remember binary options was a thing. Um, I've started um, other sort of uh, an app idea I explored once and got in touch with like an app development company. So lots of ideas um and then i suppose you know the first thing that sort of, that worked was that was the website which gave us like a taste and then now this is is something which we're really looking to grow and become you know a leader in not just expert quotes but also like pure digital pr and and, and the size of the the industry and the possibilities are they're just endless yeah, I, I think that goes back to what you said earlier, the difference to having that physical location, you are limited by the radius of 
uh, you yeah. know your location and who's who's in that location and how many people are passing through whereas online obviously there is almost an infinite yeah number of possibilities isn't there and i think you're right though i think that entrepreneurial mindset it is very much it's almost like you can't switch it off and like we had a conversation the other day as you mentioned earlier that you then went away and you 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 started messaging me saying i I wish you hadn't mentioned that because i can't switch it off now i've I've got to go in and figure out how to get this to work Um, and i think like that can be a real positive, particularly in the early days when you're trying all these different things to find your correct thing. But at some point, that might become a, a hindrance as well because you, you kind of want to be focused on the one or two things that really matter. And trying, you know, we all have this shiny object syndrome, or a lot of mm. us do, particularly entrepreneurs. So it's, 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 it's a really, really difficult one to kind of balance, I think, and, and, and get right. Uh, so, yeah. you, you know, you have worked with a lot of, a lot of different personality or individuals and potentially a lot of brands through Linkify. So you've probably seen, you've, you've probably worked with some very, very successful people in the online space. Do you think that, and also the fact that you, you've actually been to these events, like we, I've met you at events before, yeah. uh, like high level events with people that are making good money online. Do you think amongst those people, are there kind of any commonalities between them whether it's personality or mindset or anything like that i uh, i'm that's a, another good question i'm not sure uh i don't i mean you you're you're say the same as me when we go to these events it's like everyone's pretty awesome like everyone seems like really nice um <laughs> yeah. uh, it it's there's like a comp- competitiveness but also this overarching sort of everybody will give you their time to offer advice and help which i don't know many industries that that would do that but it seems like the industry we're in people will like sit down with you and say yeah you should do this or try that or you know so that's like an amazing um thing i think i think it's because it's just so big and there is so much space for everyone you know one guy who's doing like you know 250k a month on his website if if he's just found a new link building strategy that's working he doesn't mind to tell you because he's making 250,000 a month you're not gonna like take his business like so i think that's one commonality to to like personality trait um i think like you said earlier i think most most of us have got shiny object syndrome and those of us that can hone it in or at least like uh, restrain it enough to do our day-to-day um i think this is that's where the magic happens when you you you're, you're testing the shiny object stuff on the side and then when something clicks and you and you you've got the courage to run with that that can be an, an additional or a brand new arm to your business or even become a business in of itself um yeah i think testing testing and and playing but also being focused i haven't got both of those traits which is why i i partnership <laughs> with my business partner yeah. i think works um but i think yeah i think the people people in our industry they like to they love to test stuff and they love to try and break stuff and th- i'd say that's the main commonality yeah i think that's 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 a really interesting point not being afraid to break stuff and not being afraid yeah. to fail but i think you're also right at these top level events people are very open and sharing and i i think that's one of the biggest differences when i go to those types of events and then i'll go to events that are more maybe beginner or intermediate level i feel like the the sharing and openness is so much more at those top level events than it is at the others and uh i think maybe that 
is there's a, yeah there's a lot to be said for that uh, mm. but yeah I, I do agree I think a lot of it does come down to being prepared to kind of just break stuff and test yeah. and, and, and yeah. try things out um, okay so you do invest a lot of time in networking why why do you do that is that a personal thing is it a business thing I imagine from a business point of view it's getting you in front of the right people but are there other kind of benefits to it for me two things it's fun and it works <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it's a lot of fun um some of the some of the events that i've been to or are going to are uh, they're in great locations so you know i was in a hot sweaty fish and chip shop for 15 years and you know yeah. next week i'm in back in thailand and then we're at the dubai event which we're doing with uh, white press in dubai for a week and then after that it's Vietnam for Mad Singers SEO Mastery event. It's it's magic, you know. It's it's traveling. I mean, it'll probably slow down when I start a family, maybe. But my business partner's got a, a young a young one, and he's he's being given permission to go to yeah. the events. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it works. It's a real. I think in our space as well, trust for especially for the newer people coming into the industry, trust is like a massive thing. So if you can get your your face, your name out there um people start to know you and it's that uh like touch point thing as well i think maybe someone's never heard of you maybe you go to an event you chat to them for five minutes and then maybe a year later they're looking to buy links from me or invest in something from you and they remember that they remember your face from the list of other people that they're looking at and you know multiple touch points across a number of months and years i think is what benefits benefits us the most so i think yeah, i think it's definitely i, I, I remember it we we attended a, a, an event in Birmingham, didn't we? And I remember you coming up to me and and just running running up towards me and saying, "I've got you this amazing link. Let me show you." And it was just yeah. I just thought that's brilliant. That is because yeah. you're right. That it's it's another touch point. It's another. It's just that it allowed me to see that true passion. And I always yeah. knew it was there because you'd always email me or DM me and say, "I've got you this. I've got you." But when you do it in person, it yeah. just it it means ten times more, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So are you uh, are you living in Thailand now? Back to Thailand uh, next week on Tuesday. Getting married uh, on the 27th of January. Uh, Good luck for that. And then, yes, thank you. Um, thank you very much. And then, yeah, and then Dubai conference in February. And then I'll go back to Thailand again and sort of be ready to go to Vietnam and then I'll come back to England. And I think I'll we'll probably try and settle in England initially. Okay. Um, but but yeah. during this time that you've, the, the Linkify has grown, you've predominantly been based in Thailand or Asia. Yeah. yeah is that yeah. fair to say? So yeah, what impact yeah. has that had on your kind of approach to work and that kind of work-life <laughs> balance? Cause I imagine, cause obviously when you go uh, to these places, uh, even for a conference, it's almost like a holiday in a, in a way. Like I'm going to the Vietnam one. I'm going to Chiang Mai later in the year. Yes, it's work, but it's also, you know, it's pretty chilled and it's a lovely thing mm. to do. Obviously, if you're living there and you're working, it's a different kettle of fish, I would imagine. So how mm. is that? If you think back to that 50-hour work week, grinding away in the evening on top of that, what's the, you know, is it chalk and cheese or are you still grinding away? I'm I'm grinding, but uh, and I still get stressed, or I say I'm stressed, but I, I'm not. Like I love every minute of it. I love the stress because I'm in fucking Thailand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or um, 
you know, I'm not getting up, driving to the shop, opening the doors, going, oh, here we go. Is it going to be busy today? Yeah. I can, I'm doing what I do wherever I, I want to do it. And even if it's stressful and there's like 20 client emails and something breaks and it's like, oh my God, you know, I'm still loving it because I'm doing it from wherever I want. And it's, it's so much fun. Being in Thailand is, there's, it's got its benefits and its downsides. And it's just all in terms of um, time zone. That's all it yeah. boils down to. Because in England, I get up early and um, sort of not much has happened because, you know, we're predominantly US clients, but, you know, US and Europe. So sort of stuff's happening a little bit. And then when the US folks come online at like 3 p.m. GMT, then more stuff's happening and it sort of takes you to like late afternoon, early evening. And that's like sort of the 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 bulk of the the incoming mm -hmm. stuff that you got to look at some of it's like oh awesome this you know jason just said yeah you can, you can be on the podcast oh wicked blah, blah, blah. actually you're in the uk so that's uk time but you know if the us guys are coming <laughs> yeah. on then it's yeah. that's happening sort of in thailand um everything's everything's happening all the fun stuff and interesting stuff and important stuff is happening as i'm trying to go to bed <laughs> so, yeah. because yeah. it's yeah so then i have to wake up and be like oh my god god but all of that oh my god stuff i've got to deal with is i'm doing it in peace because no one else is up yet everyone's mm. fast asleep and so it's 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 ups and downs i do work later in thailand to the annoyance of my fiance like i'm still at the computer at 11. she's like come on come to bed i'm like oh hang on i've just got to deal with this oh this guy the site devs just messaged me at like you know half midnight i'm just quickly got to email him back otherwise i'm not gonna be able to talk to him again for 24 hours or um but i think england would be the it will be the logical place to, to settle and um, obviously having like a, being married to a thai woman and thai, her thai family that's going to give us the connection and the ability to yeah. just get out of the uk during the winter which is will but be do you ideal. find you have a good kind of work-life balance even when you're in thailand and you're having to work late like as, as if you look at it as a whole day is there still good balance there or are you a bit of a workaholic probably not yet if i'm being truthful i'm I, I work i'm working it's better now than it was in the early days we've scaled our team now so mm. like a lot of the sort of um the legwork is is being executed by our fantastic team um but we're not there yet but i don't see it as like a this is my life for the next 10 10 years you know eventually it's going to be um you know over the next 12 to 18 months we've got a couple of like big hires to make which is like the last couple of big hires so that me and nick can then focus on sort of growth networking strategy um and building the, the building an audience and and all that good stuff without sort of having to worry about the the day-to-day -day operationally quite as much as we're still having to do but also it's hard to, to take your hands off your baby as well like you you want to be seeing everything that's going on we we speak we spoke to the founder of um pitch box at one of the conferences and, and he was telling me yeah you've just got to you've got to hire people and mads mad singer is another yeah. proponent of this hire people that if you can't do something well hire someone that can do it better than you and then you haven't got to worry about it sop it and make sure it's done properly and then so we're learning that as we go as well yeah i was going to ask you about the the kind of systems and processes because i you know i imagine particularly as you've scaled and you've taken on more more team members that must be one of the most 
important aspects of it, I would imagine. So if, you, if, if there's anyone out there listening that, you know, is, is kind of in the trenches and they're trying to put these SOPs in place, any tips on, on doing that? If you don't, if you're not good at it, hire someone to do your SOPs as well. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, this is like the most exciting part of the whole game because, like, you know, you 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 find if you break through and you start making money online in whatever business you do, and you're cash flowing and you've got like reserves, like reinvest those back into the business and and double down on what's working and just hire any part of that business that you've started that you've had success with that is a part that you're not good at then use some of that you know reserve that you've that you've earned and hire someone to do that better than you would ever do it and that's just going to strengthen your business and then grow it and grow the revenue and then that means you can hire someone else to do another part of the business that you're not good at and for me that's like it's a fascinating model of the whole design because we're not all good at everything, are we? Of course we're not. But, Absolutely. you know, you've been good at one thing. You've done amazing. You've started a business and it's making money. That's great. Now grow it. And that's that's the fun part. And you haven't got to grow it on your own. It's not like, oh, shit, I've got to grow this. I think I need SOPs. What are SOPs? Okay, if you've got money, you're doing well, you're earning money, hire someone to do your SOPs. And then you're going to have fantastic SOPs. Or, oh, I'm not good at, like, growth, lead gen. I need more clients. I'm brilliant at what I do, but I'm not getting enough clients. Hire someone to, that you can bring on board that's good at getting clients and lead generation. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, and it is very early days at the moment, I suppose, in the – the the lifespan of of linkify and you mm -hmm. have had exponential growth to this point so it might be too early for this question but you i don't know whether you've thought about this at this moment or even if you'd want to share it but is there an end game in sight for linkify or for you and your involvement in linkify it sounds like you're thinking your next step is these you know these one or two big hires that allows it to go to that next stage but is there a is there a day where you know, Chris Pantelli moves away from Linkify or steps aside or what, what, what are you thinking around that? You just said it's your baby. Like that's, it's hard enough to let someone else come in and take the reins, but sometimes mm. it's almost impossible to think that I could not be involved in this one day. Mm. Um, so a, an exit is, is, is not something we're thinking about. We're, I think it was Kyle Roof who said you should always run your agency as if you're preparing for an exit. When he sold his agency, he said they got some consultant in to say, how can we make sure this is ready for sale, this agency? We need to make, we want to sell it. We want to make sure we get the best price. And the guy said, you've got to start running it, like SOP it. You've got to have systems. You've got to make all these changes so it's ready to be sold. They did that. Their profitability went up like 25%. He said, we should have been running our agency the whole time as if yes. <laughs> we were ready to sell it. Um, but no, uh, for us, it's about um, digital PR, especially now is, is sort of the way we see um, the industry moving. Uh, obviously, nobody knows what Google's going to do in the next one to two to five, ten years. At some point, they may completely devalue links altogether. So for us, it's about building like um, building our offerings to be about links. That's what we do via PR requests and digital PR um, and then growing the business uh, on the PR side as well, because we can deliver excellent PR results. We're good at that. Um, that's something we haven't like pushed or advertised as much. But I think that's going to be our, um, you know, if Google ever 
changes the algorithm and says links aren't valuable. We don't think PR will ever be devalued because all businesses need PR, brand growth. And if we can do both well, then I think we'll be set up for you know the foreseeable. And that's all I'm thinking about, the, the foreseeable. Got it, got it. So for you personally, do you have more goals that you want to achieve in the online space? Yeah, we have another business which we, we've just fleshed out um, in, a, in a really interesting uh, space. I won't reveal anything about it, but it's um, it's again, it's we've we've sort of stumbled upon it organically from our own. It's something that we needed doing. We needed, and we were trying to hire someone to do it, and they they are so busy. You know, we 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 had no issue with what they were charging. We said we can pay you more. We just need this done. He's like, I'm I'm too busy. Went to the next person. Too busy. So. This space is busy, busy, busy. So that's something that we're going to sort of look mm. into and dabble with. A domain name has been purchased and registered, but that's it for now. <laughs> um, so, but that again, you know, um, it's who knows where it's going. Who knows who will meet at, at the next conference? Maybe you'll, after this call, I'll, I've got questions about this uh, Parasite Reddit, which looks extremely interesting. Who, uh, to be honest with you, if we can, if we can be cash flowing on, Linkify, and I can still be um, delivering great results for our clients, uh, and that gives me the freedom, alongside that, to travel a bit and explore other interesting ideas. For me, that is the sweet spot for the next, you know, however long. I like it. So for you, that would be your online success, really, to be in that position. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, I just lost where my, my track there. I'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's just switch for a second towards AI. You know, this technology, it's taken the world by storm over the last 18 months or so. Obviously, it was there before, but it's really come to the forefront in the last 18 months. Mm -hmm. how, how have you as a company or you as an individual embraced AI technology? Is it, has, has it become kind of a, a fundamental part of your business or is it still you're just kind of feeling your way with it or not even using it at all? No, we use AI. Um, for, I mean, you'd be stupid not to. Like, I mean, even if I'm gonna, if I've got to write an email to a client and I need it to be um, written well and fast, for me, there's no point bashing away on the keyboard in Gmail or whatnot and writing it, <clears throat> deleting the the three letters I've mistyped, doing this, the the misspelled word. Chat GPT, prompt, correct the, you know, uh, maintain the exact sentiment and flow of this email, but correct all grammar um, and improve the, the formatting. And then I'll write the email, but with no care and attention to m m the mistypes of the buttons and the incorrect use of apostrophes or, you know, da -da 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 -da. and then Chat GPT spits back an email which is exactly 100% written from me in my tone of voice but it's it's perfect and then i can send that to the client uh same with pitching a journalist if you're going to pitch a journalist they if you just put it into chat gpt they know it's been written by chat gpt whereas as our pitchers do if they're going to research the pitch and then put that in their own tone of voice but get it to be tidied up by chat gpt it's just so much faster and it's it's and and uh, ai is fantastic for uh research as well because you know i could be an expert in 
link building. And if I was answering for myself a PR request on link building and it said, oh, I'm looking for a link building expert to discuss um, why um, X, Y, and Z is a good link building strategy. Even though you know I could answer that verbally, I need to put that in a, in a well-written, structured um, reply to a journalist. I'm going to use, you'd be foolish not to use AI to help you with that. You can use uh, Twitter's uh, AI Grok to do like research on current trends because it's got live access to everything that's happening on Twitter. Um, you can ask it to say, oh, what's like a really interesting recent link building trend that's happening, that's been talked about by influencers in the past week. And they can give you a thing. And you go, oh, I, did, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then you can formulate your pitch, put it into ChatGPT, get it to tidy the whole thing up, spit it back, edit it, tweak it. It's uh, it's unbelievable, and and its abilities are actually mind blowing. Um, when I'm yeah, I like your tweet on. where you asked it to uh, describe yourself. I think didn't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> quite, quite yeah. entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean it's nuts. Its ability to like cross reference pieces of text and and mm. um, make like make opinions based on. Uh, we use it sometimes to like um, look through like a Reddit thread and then give like give the overall opinion of that thread and it will it will read it and then give an opinion i mean that's insane that seems to me like it is, a yeah. human <laughs> yeah uh, so it is isn't it you, it's a human yeah. skill yeah yeah no, so that's fascinating so you, so you are so you are use, utilizing it to a fair a fair level and then that's something that you kind of sop and distill down to your team it is something we sop but it's not something that we um that we would be foolish enough to say this is our system this is the sop it's done it's like a living breathing document because it's changing every five minutes like you we can't yeah. keep up with it um and our we've got people in in-house testing different stuff as well um i mean for us the important thing is like is our success rate maintaining our journalists reading these replies, a journalist wants two things from our experience. They want a well-written pitch that has quotable lines, interesting linguistic um, use cases within the text, stuff that they can quote and, and interesting opinions. You don't want to be really far out if they're asking for like, you know, three ways to improve your credit score. You don't want to say, oh, if you murder your wife, then you can improve your credit score. Like they're not going to quote that. At the same time, they don't want you to just say the same three boring old things or if you've got to say the three boring old things, say it in a way that they can quote that's different, unique, and interesting. Then the other thing they want is the person that they're going to quote. doesn't matter how good the pitch is, the person they're going to quote, they've got to be a, an expert and they've got to have a, a footprint on the internet. You know, they can't just be uh, AI generated profile image and clearly not a real person. They, it's got to be a real person who is an expert or at least someone you've made look enough like a real person that when they go to LinkedIn and they do the checks that it's going to pass, you know, visually and academically credentially. Um, and then they, they're happy to quote. Uh, and if we can use AI to speed up and improve in everything around that, then we will continue to do so until it changes which i don't think it will because it's just getting better and better and better isn't it Every yeah, it minute. is and like you said the the rate of 
of progress and the, the rate of change is, is so fast. I know yeah. for sure the first thing that I'm doing after this podcast is going to, I'm going to Google, uh, does uh, murdering your wife improve your credit score? So. <laughs> that would be if it did actually. It did. <laughs> it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Things that I didn't expect to learn today. So we are coming towards the end of the podcast, but I've got a couple more questions uh, that I'd like to ask you. First one is: Do you think everyone is suited to working online, or do you think there are certain people that it possibly doesn't suit? Oh, interesting question. Again, I I don't know. Um, I saw something really interesting on Twitter the other day. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. He's a, I don't know if you know his name. He, he's this guy who did, um, he sold a seven figure agency and now he does like storage space business. Not sure. Multiple millions a year. Um, he said something like, uh, he genuinely believed that, uh, 90% of entrepreneurs are better suited to a $70,000 a year, uh, nine to five office job and then obviously everybody went nuts under that so i have yeah. actually been, <laughs> I, I have actually been thinking about this outside of doing this podcast but i really don't know i i think online lends itself to everybody's personalities because you could make money online in in any niche in any space yeah. so if you're interested in in jujitsu or farming or whatever you're interested in there would yeah. be a way for you to make money online via your interest whether or not some people are better suited to um go into the office and mixing with their friends and they like to leave leave their work at the office and then come home maybe but at the same time like me and you like we'll be meeting up in the conference in a few weeks it's like yeah. an office an office yeah wherever you're meeting up and you can co-work as well which is really fun and um so i don't know i get I think if you if you if you're interested in not being tied down to like one location and you like the idea of limitless opportunity and to just take a little bit of risk, then yeah, I think anyone I think anyone can do it. But whether or not they're suited is again personal preference. That's a good answer because I think most people I've asked this question to have said that it's not suited to everyone or that it's not necessarily viable for everyone. So that's a that's a really interesting answer, and I, I do tend to agree with you. Uh, so. Uh, final question then, uh, if you were, had, to, had to give one tip to someone to help them be successful online, what would that tip be? Well, this almost goes back to your previous question. I would say if you're watching this video and you're like young, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being ageist here. I'm just saying if you're, if you're young, if you're like at uni or whatnot, or even younger, um, watch people like your YouTube channel, watch and absorb everything and start testing and playing and tweaking. I wish someone had told me this when I was yeah. 18 years yeah. old, like get online, start testing like Charles Flo. Oh my God, he started young and look at him now. Like, yeah. So if you're in, if you're fortunate enough to be younger than me and Jason, then start watching everything. Don't think if you've heard from someone oh, making, making money online is a scam. That's like, Right, you've got to be careful out there, but that is not true. <laughs> like, there are people making ungodly amounts of money online with businesses that are just in insane. So, absorb it all and do your studies, carry on at uni, or if you're not at uni and you're like, you know, in a job that you're not enjoying, just get on there and start watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, and then having a go. You know, instead of spending a uh, hundred quid 
on a, on a night out for miss that one weekend, use that hundred quid, buy a, buy a site hosting cost like nothing, you know, buy a site, start just testing and tweaking. You can start doing what, uh, watch Jason's video on, um, the, the Reddit parasite. I mean, that costs nothing. Does it 20 bucks no. for a, an, an yeah, account, hardly a anything yet. little bit more money on anything. If you can have success with that, you know, test and tweak. If you're older, then that's another benefit is you've, you've got the, the wisdom of the business that you're in or the company that you're working for. See if there's a way that you can capitalize on the success of your employer's business in the online space. Like, is there a way it can, is there a niche area of that business? Like if you're in um, the construction industry, you notice in that like uh, there's somewhere in niche within that industry that like you could do online lead gen for the for the construction I, there's so much I, there's no yeah. point me even it's unlimited it. isn't it it's yeah. unlimited <laughs> you, you know, if, if it all goes wrong you've definitely got a job as a motivational speaker because that was yeah. a, a great <laughs> a great rant there um, no but you are absolutely spot on i think so many people you can make their own excuses or put up their own barriers and when you put it like that yeah, there is. There's so much opportunity. Uh, mm. Yeah, so just just get involved. Get involved. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you today. Really enjoyed that chat. I think it's been quite eye opening, and to see your your kind of journey is very different to the, the the other people that I've had on an interview so far. So it's it's really interesting to see. Where can people find out more about you? Where can we go to find you or your services? Um, go to our website, linkify.io. Um, and you can get onto, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. I couldn't get just Linkify. <laughs> I used to come on podcasts and say that. I didn't know what my Twitter handle was. <laughs> yeah. I do know. It would just be at Linkify, but some other bastards got that. So at Linkify underscore uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you hit me up on Twitter, I'll respond on messages. I love to talk you to you. You are pretty active well. on Twitter, actually, and uh, he does put yeah. out some some good stuff. So uh, yeah. definitely go and follow follow Chris over there and, and check out the Linkify service. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoyed having Thanks, you on. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, mate.